There's been a lot of surprises, both good and bad, for the Sun Devils so far this year, and we're going to talk about them on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Sun Devils Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Richie Bradshaw, and I will be your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. A shout-out to my everydayers who are here every day, and, of course, for making us your first listen every day. Wherever you get your podcast, hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content, and stay in touch with that content by following me on Twitter. You can find me at richiebrads 36 and the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Not every surprise is a good one. Most of them we tend to like. We love those surprise birthday parties. We love the surprise uh, Disneyland trips and stuff like that. But sometimes we're surprised when, you know, we have to go to the dentist and get our teeth drilled or something like that. You know, not every surprise is a good one, but most of them are good. And on this edition of the pod, what we're going to be talking about is some of the good and some of the bad surprises for the Sun Devils going into this year. You know, I've got three that stand out to me, but obviously there's a handful that, I could also mention that are really interesting to me. And I think that's the best way to get started is kind of like an honorable mentions list. So I think the first thing that I would tell you is kind of a surprise to me is overall the quarterback play. I, I don't think it was a fair expectation to think these guys were going to come in and blow it up. I know a lot of people got mad at me when I predicted Trenton Borgay was, if he had played the entire season as a starter, was going to throw for right around 3,000 yards. And I had people telling me he was going to throw for four, which is insane in 12 games. We can, we should be able to come to an agreement on that. But he is, he's been solid. And he does have 300 yards in each of the last two games. But overall, the quarterback play has left something to be desired. Six touchdowns against eight interceptions, 22 sacks taken. And some of that is the offensive line, some of it's quarterbacks, but it's it's not been great. You, I feel like you're getting admirable work from like Trenton Borgay, but Drew Pine has been not good this year. Jacob Conover, when he got onto the field, was equally as bad. Jaden Rashada, up and down, as a freshman. We were kind of expecting him to have some really good throws and have some really bad throws, but... I think overall the the offense here has kind of struggled with the quarterback position being probably the biggest catalyst for all of that. But we'll talk about the offense a little bit later on in the podcast as well. Uh, I would also tell you the secondary has been a very pleasant surprise. One of those being D Ford starting on the outside. I definitely thought he was going to be in line for probably the backup nickel roll. Uh, with Jordan Clark ahead of him, but, you know, quite the contrary, the Sun Devils have found a way to get him onto the football field, and he's been very good for them. So I would definitely consider that a more pleasant surprise is 
seeing the way that the corner position has evolved for the team. Obviously, Roe Torrance has been uh, a stud. He's been up and down. He definitely has not been the all-conference player that I had placed him on that pedestal, and many others did as well, but you're getting there. And overall, the secondary's played well. Like, Chris Edmonds has played good. Shamari Simmons has been a stud. D, D Ford has been a stud. Jordan Clark's good. Ed Woods is good. You're getting good production across the board. Secondary has been a pleasant surprise. Now, let's go ahead and get into my three biggest surprises. If you're on YouTube, you can see on the right-hand side of your screen here. And we'll go ahead and start with the stud pass rusher. Now, I talked about him yesterday on the podcast. I've talked about him several times. But in case you're new, let me go ahead and introduce you to Prince Dorbaugh. Dorbaugh, a former four-star prospect, a top 20 prospect in the state of Texas just a few years ago, has taken some time to get to where he's at. He transferred to Arizona State during the offseason. He had not really seen any significant uh, playtime when he was with Texas for three years, uh, only 11 tackles, no sacks. Comes to Arizona State. First of all, he's relegated to like a backup role for the team. We go into the year with Clayton Smith, BJ Green as the projected full-time starters, and it was going to be a rotation. There were some other guys, including Dorbaugh, that we were going to see some action from, just kind of crossing that bridge when we get to it. But what he's done in the first six weeks of the season has been outstanding. He has managed to rack up six sacks, and that is beyond a great accomplishment. When you look at what's been going on with the Sun Devils in the last however many years, they have not had a great pass rush. In fact, last year as a team, they had 17 sacks. So to to look at Dorbaugh alone with six sacks, and you tell me he's already got more than a third of what the team had all of last year. The team, that's crazy. Then you consider what he's done just as a Sun Devil in the last handful of years. This goes back to 2019. The leading sack artist then was Jermaine Lole with six and a half. He is just behind Lole for the most sacks since 2019. And once he passes Lole, it's going to happen. Like, it's inevitable. He's going to pass Lole. When he does, you're going to be going back almost 10 years to the highest sack total. It'll be like the Carl Bradford is my guess for who it is. I still haven't looked it up. I need to take a look at that. But my guess is going to be Carl Bradford is going to be the guy that he's going to be rivaling. And he's just so good at football. The way he bends the edge, he's so quick to get into the backfield. And I mean, it's it's instant. The way he gets back there, so quick. And then what he does is phenomenal. Six sacks, uh, 25 tackles on the year, too. So remember that this isn't a full-time starter right now. Dorba is still coming off the bench. He's still one of the guys who's in a very heavy rotation for the team, and he's finding a way to get that production. It's been outstanding to see what he's been able to do. And Brian Ward's defense as a whole has been very good, but we'll talk about that a little later in the podcast. But I don't know if anybody on defense has stood out quite the way that Dorbaugh has. I mean, this this kid seriously looks like one of the one of the best Sun Devils on the team and one of the brightest futures that the Sun Devils have right now. 
What'll be interesting to see is what he ends up deciding at the end of the year. He is a redshirt junior, so he could potentially move on to the NFL if he ends up having as big a season as he is on pace to do. I would hope that he comes back since he only has one year of production to kind of prove that he's not a flash in a pan kind of thing, but that could also be a little bit of bias and selfishness. Bottom line, though, is what what Dorbaugh has done for you has been outstanding, and it's been a good pass rush this year, if not a great pass rush compared to what we've seen in recent years. But Dorbaugh is one of the biggest reasons why the Sun Devils have had so much success this year in getting after the quarterback, in disrupting plays, and part of the reason why the defense has been playing as well as it has this year. Dorbaugh is one of the main cogs, the main pieces to what has been a very successful start to the year for the Sun Devils defense. He's definitely one of my biggest surprises on the year in the best way. Snap back into the NFL action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers will get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide variety of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you guys still haven't checked it out yet, every single Friday, Locked On goes live with the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live on every college YouTube channel at 11 a.m. Eastern. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in-depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts that are covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Back into our conversation, flipping the script to the other side of things, more of the unpleasant surprises for the team when we talk about the uh, the overall, like, didn't see this coming kind of thing, right? It's Jalen Conyers. I did not see this season coming for him. And I don't think anybody did. I don't know that anyone across the country who knew who Jalen Conyers was could have predicted what we're seeing right now. Through the season, he has 17 catches for 179 yards. That's it. He also has missed a game with injury. He missed the second half of the Southern Utah game at the beginning of the year. And then last week, he received a single target and was essentially phased out of the game plan. That's a lot of time that he's been off the field for one reason or another. Not only that, but you hear these rumblings that him and Kenny Dillingham have a little bit of unrest. And it seems like there's a lot going on behind the scenes, right? One of the biggest indicators of this was following the loss to Colorado. We were talking to Kenny Dillingham and one of the things that got brought up was like, hey, you know, Jalen Conyer is not really a factor in the game plan tonight, what was going on there. And Kenny told us, he said, Jalen wasn't feeling the best. He was dealing with being sick this week, so we just limited his workload. Okay, that's fair. 
you know, that's not a surprise. It's right about flu season. Guys are going to get sick. Guys are going to get exhausted, whatever. Makes sense to me. Like, you don't want to rush a guy out there who's just not feeling well. It's not going to be a benefit to them, and it's not going to be a benefit to your football team when you have guys out there who are not able to give 100%. And it's not on Jalen if he's sick, right? So totally understood. That's where things took a left turn. Because not long after that press conference, Jalen Conyers put on Twitter, I was ready, LOL. What does this mean? The way it comes across and the way it's construed to us is Kenny was lying. Why would Kenny lie? Well, I think he lied to defend and protect his player. That's the way I look at it. Is there's no need to air out your dirty laundry. And you don't need to show that things are not as they seem behind the scenes. And that there's a lot of unrest with these guys. That's not what you want to portray. So I think Kenny was just doing it in the best interest of Jalen Conyers to protect him and show him, you know, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. We're all part of a team. I'm going to be your coach. I'm going to, I'm going to get you placed in the best situation possible. But at the same time, you know, punishment needs to be de- dealt out. Kenny has said all offseason, we want guys that want to be here. We want guys that are going to put hundred percent effort. Now, I don't know what it was necessarily that kind of caused this. I don't know if it was just lackadaisical effort or maybe just not playing with all of his heart, but there's obviously something going on here. And it's definitely taking its effect on the football field. We're not seeing Jalen playing 100% to his capacity. We're not seeing him get 100% of the playtime that the talent deserves. I mean, you're talking about another former four-star prospect. You're talking about one of the more talented tight ends in the conference. And yet, he's just not doing anything for one reason or another. And the biggest reason appears to be he's just not gelling with this group. And I don't really know what his future holds. I really don't. I don't know if they can kind of iron some stuff out before the end of the year. They got about a month and a half before then. You got six more games. I don't really know. I don't think any of us know. I don't want to speculate further than that. Like, it's such a delicate situation that you have found yourself in with Jalen Conyers. And overall, this has just been probably the biggest surprise of the year for the Sun Devils. I don't know that there was anybody else that I went into the year guaranteeing their success. I was beating the drum. He was going to be a top three tight end in the country, and he was going to finish inside of the John Mackey Award for the top tight end. That's how high I was on Jalen Conyers. And I know a lot of other people were hyping him up too. Like, this was not supposed to be the player that wasn't going to show up. This was supposed to be the the promised savior of the position. One of the best tight ends that the Sun Devils have had in their history. One of the best tight ends the Sun Devils have had in recent history, the last 10 years, 20 years. It should have been that way. And it still could be. We still have half a season to go for him to get this figured out. Not, we can't, we can't say that it's over for him yet. 
wasn't over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor. It's not over now. But so far, he's been one of the bigger surprises of this team. These days, every potential new hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can do this in minutes and get it set up. And once you do, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. And you know, as a small business owner, that the right team member can have that positive and measurable impact for your business. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. One more time, wherever you're getting your podcast, hit like, subscribe, and turn on those notifications so you get an update whenever we post new content. We're Monday through Friday, free and available on all platforms. Final surprise here, and this is kind of units as a whole, good and bad, has been the play of the offense versus the play of the defense. We have seen this offense really just not play very good football. I think we can just call it as it is. And to start the year for the first three games, it was so stagnant and it was so predictable and they were just not good. Just call it as it is. They were not a good offense. Since Kenny Dillingham took over over the last three games, they've started to come alive a little bit. You're seeing more creativity. You're seeing guys that are able to do more with what they have. It's been at least watchable. But to start the year, you're talking about an offense that really just was not doing much. I mean, there was a lot of sacks that were getting taken. There was a lot of uh, bad bad blocking, both in the run game and the pass game. Guys were getting stuffed. Guys were not able to find ways to get open. Like The passing game has taken some time to start gelling, and it has started to figure itself out. You've got Elijah Badger. That's a superstar in the making. I talked about him yesterday. If you guys missed that, check it out. He is a stud. After him, there's still a lot of figuring out to do. Uh, Cameron Scadaboo has been very good in the passing game. Uh, His yards per catch at 15.3 is definitely lifted by a 66-yard reception. Nonetheless, he's still going to be very, very close to like 11 yards per catch, I would think. But... He's been good. Badger has been good. Guillory has been solid. We're waiting for him to take off, but he's there. Melquan Stavall, great player when you're able to get him involved. But the overall product of the offense is not what I anticipated it to be. And you know what? Maybe that's on me. It's a new team. It's a new offense. It's a new head coach. It's a new staff. It was probably unrealistic to see the offense be one of the better units in the Pac-12. I don't know if I necessarily believe that, but I would lean towards I probably thought that. So there needed to be some grace period. And at this point, I think there there is no reason to not give them that grace and allow them to move forward, right? It takes time 
to be able to get to that point. So that's where we're kind of at with the offense is it's, it's not a finished product. It's, it's going to be that work in progress. Hopefully you see more progress as the year ends, just find a way to end strong and then maybe play some good football next year when Jaden Rashad is healthy and hopefully they get a lot of these guys back, but cross that bridge when we get to it. Meanwhile, the defense, Brian Ward has coached a heck of a job with the defense. They're one of the best defenses in the Pac-12 in terms of yards given up, points per game, not really, but very circumstantial when you think about how often those guys are being left out on the football field. They're doing a really good job, and they're doing so many good things. They're swarming to the football. For the most part, they're making good tackles. Obviously, there's lapses. It's not going to be you know, this Alabama-Georgia defense where you're just not getting away from these guys. It happens to the best of them. Uh, the pass rush, outstanding. They are so tuned in right now to what they're doing. And it's not just Prince Dorval, right? You're getting production all across the board. BJ Green has four sacks, so he's on pace to have his best year. You've got all sorts of different blitzes that are coming up. That's getting all sorts of different guys involved. The linebackers, more of the defensive line depth. The secondary is getting involved. You are, you're seeing so many good things out of this pass rush and so many different guys that are able to do a variety of different things for you. It's been fun to see. It's been awesome to see. Hopefully that is going to be a continued trend for the team because right now you really have to love what you're seeing. This just feels like the defense is so far ahead of where any of us believed it would be. I did not have very much faith in this defense. I I definitely thought that this was going to be a team that was going through the motions and there was going to be some hard times. I I was high on the pass rush, I was high on the secondary, but I think as a whole, I don't I don't I don't think I ever saw this coming. But yet here we are. This is one of the best defenses in the Pac-12. And it's very quietly one of the better defenses just all around. Like, they do so many good things. The only thing they haven't done is get the turnovers, but is what it is, I suppose. At this point, I just don't know how many, if any, you're going to get this year. But outside of that, they're doing everything well. If they were getting the turnovers, then yeah, they're arguably a top five defense in the Pac-12. Because I think right now you're probably just outside of the top six. I'd still put you around that seven to eight mark. They're they're playing so much better than we anticipated, though. Anyone, not just me. They're playing so much better than we thought that they possibly could. Very impressive what they've been able to do. Probably the biggest surprise on the team was how the defense has played this year. Dorba, very, very good surprise. Very, very big surprise. But you also got to credit the rest of the defense, what Brian Ward has done and accomplished. And as a whole how they have performed. Those are my surprises. What have been the biggest surprises for you guys? Offensively, defensively, special teams, coaching, whatever it is, let me know in the comments. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at RichieBrad36 and the podcast at LO underscore Sundivals. That's all that I got for you guys on today's edition of the pod. Thanks as always for tuning in wherever you get your podcasts. Hit like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you get an update wherever you get your content. And of course, I will see you guys tomorrow. Thanks as always for tuning in. Till then, keep it locked right here 
on Locked On Sunnibals. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.